0: power
1: Somebody who is seeking with all that is within them to be true and to teach the way of God in truth. Is that the testimony of your life today? Because what they're saying about Jesus They're not lying about him They just don't really believe it They don't really believe that he's true They don't really believe why Because they're trying to undermine him They don't believe it But our lives should be the kind of lives Where people when they look at us Like you know you're true And you're actually trying to teach The ways of God and truth You're living out the truth Because all of us live out loud
0: Our lives aren't lived anonymously What we do is seen by others Our actions and our words alike These things need to line up with the heart and priorities of our creator. Today, Pastor Daniel digs into the touchy subject of politics, sharing Jesus' perspective on the matter. He also challenges us to look at how we are conducting ourselves when it comes to our own discussions on this matter. In it all, we need to be bearing Jesus' image. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 22, with part one of his message, Know Thyself.
1: Today, I want to teach a passage that speaks about the intersection between life, faith, and politics. God cares about you and I. He doesn't just care about you and I, He cares about all of humanity. And what I'm constantly learning is that there is a way that this world works, and then there is the more excellent way of Jesus that does not play by the rules that this world works in. Jesus' ways are so different, shocking almost, watching him work. But here's the thing. No matter how you feel about the president and all of the elected officials, The bigger question for you and I is, are we handling politics Jesus' way, or are we handling politics the way the world asks us to? And I'll be honest with you, on both sides of the aisle, everybody needs to hear Jesus' perspective on this, because the world would look different if people actually heeded the words of the perfect son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. And I think it's so radical to me that we get to follow Jesus. It's an awesome thing. And so I fully expect and I definitely heard that I pretty much stepped on everyone's toes. So I'm just giving you all forewarning that even if you're wearing steel toe boots, I'm going to be jumping on them a little bit. And it's funny, because a bunch of people said, you know, Pastor Daniel, we love you. It's like, you can kind of take the Bible and kind of punch us in the face and smile at us, and we kind of like you for it. <laughs> so if you're that kind of person where you enjoy like, a more challenging approach to things, then you're in the right place. If you don't want to be challenged, tough. <laughs> <laughs> Just tough, you know, there's nothing I can do about that. At the same time, actually, I'm not even going to make any more qualifications. Here's the thing. I've entitled this message, Know Thyself. Now, you've probably heard that phrase before. That phrase is most often attributed to Socrates, or if you're a child of the 80s, Socrates, if you remember Bill and Ted's (laughs) excellent adventure. Yeah, Socrates. See, Plato, in writing about the teachings of Socrates, and Socrates was known as the father of modern philosophy, it was a common thing that one of the goals of life is to know who you are. And in a lot of ways, at the intersection of life and faith and politics, it really boils down to Who are we? And if you think about your own life, all of our lives is the intersection, it's the culmination or the coming together of a matrix of roles that we all play. That's some good words, culmination, matrix, you like this? It's like how you understand yourself and how I understand myself, it's the coming together of all these different functions and roles that we play in the world, like you're a Christian or probably a lot of you aren't a Christian, right? You have your faith-based beliefs, whatever those are right? And then you put in, this is my ethnicity, my family of origin, and this is the country I live in, and these are the values that I hold. And I'm single, or married, or I'm an aunt, or I'm an uncle, or I'm a grandparent, or, you know, I'm this, I'm that, I have a job. And we put all these things together, and that is how we all come to a self-understanding of who we are in this world. But the thing is, is all of those roles that we play, Not all of them are designed to be in the driver's seat of how you know yourself. And what happens oftentimes is if we're not careful, you and I will allow things that are very real and parts of who we are, but we allow them to be in the driver's seat of our self-understanding and it completely short circuits the life that God has for us. So, we need to make sure in all of the various roles and functions that we play in the world, the things that we care about, that there's certain things that need to maintain a place that this is the thing that drives it. And when it relates to our day and age and politics, one of the biggest issues we have is that for a lot of people, their political persuasion is a role that you play, but it ends up taking on an identity piece of its own, and it was never supposed to. It's never supposed to be something that you're going to stop talking to people who you've grown up with or not talk to your family members because they voted for the other candidate or not actually be able to have a human conversation with someone who disagrees with you. That's when you know that that role is so far out from where it's supposed to be. And what's amazing is in our world today, that's kind of the norm, isn't it? It's like, it's expected of you That you can have to hold your belief and hate everybody else. And that has nothing to do with the teachings of Jesus. That is not anywhere near the purposes and plans that Jesus has for us. So, this message is gonna be about knowing ourselves. Who are we? And what are the most important things that need to be in a place that gives understanding to who each one of us are? So, are you ready to do this? Are you excited? Amen, okay, you say that now. Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 to 22. Matthew 22, verses 15 to 22. Now, I want to tell you something that shouldn't shock you, but divisive politics, people coming from different angles at things, that is not new. Jesus was living in the exact same type of a world where there were different beliefs and different ways to get at life and they did not get along very much. There was a lot of infighting and people coming at it from different places. And the setting of what we're going to see today is that. It's a deeply divided political time in Jesus' day, just as it is in our day. And they want to try and catch Jesus in a political discussion. But he's not having it. He's getting at something deeper than just the politics. Look at what it says. Matthew 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And so they sent to him, verse 16, their disciples, with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true, and you teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anybody, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard these words, they marveled. And left him and went their way. Now, listen, this little happening happens. We're in the last few days of the life of Jesus. Jesus is in Jerusalem. They're coming at Jesus from every side. People are trying to undermine Jesus. And so we learn right up top here that the Pharisees, right, they went and they plotted how they might entangle Jesus in his talk. So you remember, the Pharisees, they were the religious elite of the day. They were the most stringent followers of the Torah, the law of Moses. To say they were the stringent followers, they had their own interpretation. It was very rigid. And their goal was to make sure that everybody in Israel was as religious as they were. That everything that they thought you should do, you had to do that. And they were an elitist kind of a club, right? And so they're interested now in just trying to figure out, how do I catch Jesus in this life? Doesn't it sound like politics a little bit? Like, how do we get that person to say something that we think is silly so we can make a little soundbite, post it up all over the thing and tell everyone that they're an idiot, right? That's exactly what's going on for Jesus right now. They're trying to find a way. How can I make sure that this guy, Jesus, that nobody trusts him anymore, nobody follows him? How do I undermine this guy's ministry? And so the Pharisees, they're plotting, and they end up sending a disciple, but it's interesting because it says they send one of their disciples with the Herodians. Now, this is very fascinating because if the Pharisees, they were staunchly pro-Israel, they were very religious, the Herodians were the people who aligned, their allegiance was with the house of the Herods, Herod the Great, Herod Antipas, who were by ethnicity, they were Edomites, they were the descendants of Esau, not of Jacob, and they ruled for the Romans. You see how strange this is, right? Because now, see, the, on any given day, the Pharisees and the Herodians we're on two radically different sides of the issue. The Herodians believed in Roman rule, they submitted to Roman rule, and they actually liked it, because Herod was their guy. The Pharisees hated the Roman rule, did everything they could to undermine it. But now, they're both coming together to undermine Jesus. It kind of reminds you a little bit of, I mean, when does former Republican presidents and the most liberal people get together in distaste for a political candidate? It's amazing how the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's amazing how this works. And I'm not equating that Donald Trump is Jesus in this, please. Huh. No. Jesus is Jesus. We got to pray for our president-elect, but he ain't Jesus. Amen. You know? But what you have, this is what, it's like, I mean, I thought it was shocking that a Republican former president came out and said, I would never vote for that, and almost pushing people to vote. It's the same kind of a thing. The Herodians and the Pharisees were never together, ever, ever. They did not get along. They saw the world from two different spots. But now they're together, unified, to undermine Jesus. Notice what they say. They come up to Jesus, and they begin to talk to Jesus. And look what he says in verse 16. They said, teacher, we know that you are true, and you teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of man. Now, know what I like to call this? I think this is really important for you and for me. You need to beware of the butter-up. Because that's what this is. This is a butter up. You know what buttering up is, right? They slather butter all over you so they can devour you, right? See, the Pharisees, their only goal is to undermine Jesus. And the Herodians, obviously, they don't like Jesus. So everyone is unified to get rid of Jesus. So instead of just trying to catch him, they start to butter him up a little bit. They start praising him. They start giving him all these kudos. Why? Because they're hoping that in the midst of all the flattery, Jesus will let his guard down and then he'll say something dumb. Now, what's unfortunate is that the butter-up is alive and well on planet Earth. Because you ever notice that when somebody wants to get something from you, they never ask. They always, like, butter you up first before they ask for what they want. I get this all the time. See, I know when people come and give me a compliment, I'm just, wait. I'm like, wait for it. Wait for it. Like, Pastor Daniel, we love you so much. We respect you. But what I really want you to do is my thing, you know? So every time someone says, oh, Pastor Daniel, we're so grateful you're a pastor, I'm just, like, waiting for it. I'm like, we don't want anything. I'm like, I don't believe you. You know, but isn't that how you learn it? Like you, when you want to raise or you want to take an extra vacation day from your boss, you go, oh, you know, you're such a great boss. So appreciated being on your team. I've learned so much from your expert tutelage. <laughs> Can I have a day off? So I'm telling you, beware of the butter up because flattery that is motivated for selfish ambition is just a lie even if what they're saying is true. Because no, you find here, they're just trying to catch Jesus. Isn't that how politics work, right? Politics in our day and age, we butter them up. We say, oh, you're amazing. And then they say something silly and you catch them and you throw it up on the internet. That's how our world works. So this stuff's all alive and well today. On both sides of the aisle, just you say something, you get them all kind of just normal, they're normal people and then boom, you zing them. That's what's going on. But what's interesting about what they're saying about Jesus is everything they say about Jesus is totally the truth. But they don't really mean it. Because notice what they say about Jesus. Verse 16. They say, teacher, we know that you are true and that you teach the way of God in truth. Isn't that who Jesus I mean, what to God that that would be our testimony in this world? That people who know you would say, man, I know that you're true. That everything you do is truthful, that you're a person of integrity, that you're the kind of person who you say what you mean and you mean what you say, somebody who is seeking with all that is within them to be true and to teach the way of God in truth. Is that the testimony of your life today? See, because what they're saying about Jesus, they're not lying about him, they just don't really believe it. They don't really believe that he's true. They don't really believe, why? Because they're trying to undermine him. They don't believe it. But our lives should be the kind of lives where people, when they look at us, like, you know, you're true and you're actually trying to teach the ways of God and truth. You're living out the truth because all of us live out loud. You know, you get that in election time. Everyone say, well, you know, your religion should be separated from your voting. That's a lie. Everyone votes based out of their faith-based values. Whether it's biblical, whether it's non-traditional, whether it's... Spe- Everybody votes... And comes up with decisions based on what they value. So everybody has faith-based beliefs because nobody can sit down and prove my belief is the right. An atheist believes and votes based on their atheist faith-based beliefs. And yes, atheists do have faith. And any scientist will tell you, you can't you cannot statistically prove 100% that God doesn't exist. So it's faith. That's how it works. Right? If you have secular belief, whatever your it's a faith-based belief. So everyone brings their faith-based beliefs into the public square. Everybody does. So the whole idea is like, well, you can't vote based on your religion. Everybody does. Every single human being does. Not one person voted in the election who didn't have faith-based beliefs that they voted on. But for you and I, people should say, that's the kind of person who's seeking to teach the ways of God and truth. That our lives shout out to the world, I'm seeking to follow Jesus. And I'm seeking to promote God's ways in the world. And not only that, notice what they say next. And I kind of love this about Jesus. He says, nor do you care about anybody for you do not regard the person of men. Now, when it says you do not care about anybody, when we'd be like, whoa, Jesus cares about people, the idea of not caring, it means that Jesus wasn't a respecter of persons. See, Jesus didn't treat different people different ways. Jesus treated the Pharisee and the Herodian and the tax collector and the prostitute and the demon-possessed person all the same way. He wasn't interested in treating one different than the other. Now, I think this is really important because we live in a day and age where we have a tendency to treat people differently, right? Like, I get it all the time. I love this because I realize I don't really look like a pastor. I look more like a homeless guy, you know? And so I'll go to, like, a conference, right? And I love this. I'll go to a conference. I'm actually one of the speakers there, and they're like, oh, you know, they don't even talk to me, really. They just look past me. They're scared I'm going to ask them for a quarter or something, you know what I mean? But like, look past me, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, they realize, I'm like, oh, you're Reverend Fusco, you know, it's like they ignored me before because I'm just the, the, the hairy Dreadlock guy, but now when you find it, you're a conference speaker, oh, hey, hi, it's, it's great. let me tell you about my ministry. It's like, the, why are you treating me different? I want to call them on it, you know what I mean? I want to be like, so why do you respect your person? What's the difference? I'm, whether I'm a homeless guy or I'm a conference speaker, what's the difference? Why? Because Jesus, because he was true, and because he sought to teach the ways of God in truth, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're walking in truth, you just treat everyone with love, and kindness, and respect. And I love that about Jesus. See, everything they're saying about him is true, but they don't really believe this stuff. It's just the butter-up. Now, speaking about the butter-up, and I think this is important, if you want a verse to go wrong with the beware of the butter-up scenario, Proverbs 26, verses 24 and 25a, which is the first half of 25, it says, He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. And when he speaks kindly, do not believe him. You know, the Bible will mess around. See, what it says is that sometimes people are shady and the only thing they really want is just to butter you up to get what you want. They don't really believe you. They don't really, you shouldn't trust them. When they butter you up, just don't buy it. Don't buy the butter up. And with that being the case, I would encourage you, don't be a person who butters people up to get what you want. If you want to be a person who uses kind words, use that all the time. But if the only time you can come up with a kind word is when you want to get something, that makes you shady. And shady ain't right. It ain't right. So we got to make sure that we beware of the butter up. And so they're praising Jesus, but they don't believe it, even though it's who he is. so And then they get to the question here in verse 17. It says, Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, why do you test me, you hypocrite? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. Verse 20, and he said to them, whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. Now, after the butter-up happens, they get to their request. Tell us, therefore, what do you think is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, I want to put this under a fun heading for you. I would call this section to pay or not to pay. You notice I got me a little, like, Shakespearean thing. I had, like, know thyself before. Now I have to pay or not to pay. I can't be the butter up. I'm only so Shakespearean. You know, I am Italian. But this is the question is, is to pay or like, what do we do at Caesar? Now, what we don't realize is that this is a highly controversial question. Because if you think about it, put it in context. The Jewish people were under Roman rule and they had been for a serious amount of time. And so if Jesus says you should pay the poll tax, right? Then what he's saying, he's saying we should be submitted to Rome, which would be a very anti-Israeli way to look at it. They would accuse him of not really loving the people of God or believing in the God of the Bible, And if he says, you shouldn't pay, then of course, he's leading a rebellion against the Roman Empire, and that never lands good for anybody. So the Pharisees at this point, this to pay or not to pay scenario, they're like, we got this guy now. If he answers yes or no, he's busted. We got him. Either way, either people get mad at him or the Romans will come and kill him. So either way, we win. But notice Jesus in this to pay or not to pay reality. It says, but Jesus perceived their wickedness and said to them, why do you test me, you hypocrites? Oh, Jesus was a straight talker, wasn't he? When I first started reading about it, I'm all Italian from New Jersey. I love this Jesus. Because I remember when I was growing like, when you grew up all Italian in New Jersey, you know, people always say, oh, people from New York, they're mean. I don't believe they're mean They're just really honest Like they have no time To mess around So as growing up I remember you grow up You'd be talking to someone And they'd be like Listen I just don't like you So you can talk But if I get annoyed I'm just going to get up and leave But I don't like you And I grew up that way So it's like When someone doesn't like At least you know where you stand I moved out I moved out to different places In the country And people are so nice to you They walk away I hate that person You think that you're Their best friend They walk away And they're talking trash about you Which way is actually More biblical Actually neither of them really because you shouldn't just be rude and in some ways that New York culture can be kind of offensively rude but you definitely shouldn't be all nice to someone and then talk junk around their back I mean both of them are bad but Jesus, he's perfect, he's calling it he's like look, you guys are hypocrites he's like you guys are just Jesus knows exactly what they're doing he, he, and what's amazing is no one gave him the debate questions before he went up to talk like he didn't get the forerunner of the debate questions at all Where'd he come up with this from? Because he knows exactly what's going down and he calls them out on it. Jesus
0: is real. Today's message on politics may have sparked some protests deep in your spirit. But as Pastor Daniel reminded us from the beginning, we need to handle this topic as Jesus would. Jesus was asked to participate in the world's view of taxes and political situations, but he refused. He knew he was being baited, yet he never gave in. Jesus gave an answer that forced us to examine our priorities and just who we should be following. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here.
1: Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus. But I actually believe that there are many of you right now, as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources into your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400, and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now, don't go anywhere.
0: Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED s-a-v-e-d to 51400 we'd love to get some resources into your hands and the crossroads team wants to connect with you next time on jesus is real radio pastor daniel continues stepping on some toes with his discussion of politics from jesus perspective this might be a challenging message to tune into but it's one that's necessary for everyone to hear Pastor Daniel will challenge us to rework our priorities. We need to remember that we are God's first, and we need to bear his image first and foremost. God's truth and love need to be known. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series entitled Real Talk. Until then, may God bless.